Welcome to Stereotypico. Thank you for joining us today. And today I have a very special guest, one of my really uh, longtime friends, Olga Maria from Dreams in Heels, as well as the founder of Latinas Who Travel. I actually met Olga um, when I was starting uh, my own business, and she was actually starting her own business as well. She was a publicist, and now she runs an amazing uh, travel blog and travels all around the world. And I'm always like super jealous of every time I see her pictures because I'm like, oh my God, I wish I could be doing this. But I'm so happy to have her on. And Olga, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi guys. Uh, well, as she said before, um, I'm her longtime friend. My name is Olga Maria, and I'm a travel lifestyle writer. Uh, I write for different publications, and I have my own uh, travel and lifestyle blog called Dreams in Heels. And uh, Dreams in Heels is all about empowering people to travel around the world and to enjoy life to the maximum. So you can find uh, lifestyle tips, travel tips, and of the beaten path destinations, trending destinations, guys, so you can enjoy and start planning your own adventure and how you can go about it. And uh, I'm also the founder of the bilingual community Latinas Who Travel, Latinas Que Viajan. And I started it because I wanted to inspire more Latinas to get out of their comfort zone, to get out there and to travel the world. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit more about how you even got into travel blogging, because I feel like all the time, you know, when I, I always tell my friends about you, I'm like, oh, I have this friend and she's always like traveling everywhere. And they're like, oh, my God, she's so lucky. And um, I feel like any a lot of people, you know, have a- probably asked you as well, how do you get into it? So tell us a little bit more about your story. Yeah, it's interesting you you said that because I'm just a regular girl and a, a small town girl from Bayamón, Puerto Rico. I was raised there, so I think it's interesting because my mom don't even have a passport. This <laughs> <laughs> um, is maybe a typical thing that happens a lot sometimes. In you know, so my, my you know my my own mom and I always dream about traveling and about seeing the world. So uh, when I came to New York, I came to New York at 18 years old. I didn't even speak any any English back then. And uh, when I started in school, one of my professors inspired me to apply for a scholarship and for uh, some grants. And my first experience was a study abroad to Spain. I won a scholarship by Barnes and Nobles. And I would say without that scholarship, I would never have the opportunity to go because I did not have the money. Neither my mom. My mom, is a, she raised me by herself. She's a single mother. And uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, students, they uh, don't, you know, they oversee these opportunities that you have, these resources that you have in the school, and they don't apply. And on my experience, uh, by speaking in different conferences and schools, a lot of the, the percentage of Latinas and Latinos that apply are even less, like in general, of uh, kids of color. So I would say that that's something that I always want to inspire other students to, uh, to apply because it opens, you know, your, your world to a different um, opportunities, you know. And through there, I uh, went to uh, China 
And uh, that was when my travel bug went even more crazy and that I wanted to tell everybody my stories. And originally I just started say, uh, talking about it on Facebook and everything about where I was going. And people always ask me tips like, oh, where, how long should I stay there? Is it safe? Where should I go? And that's how I started the blog to document my travels. Um, it was uh, a long process because as you remember, I was in the fashion and beauty industry. Mm-hmm. I was most a publicist and I transitioned by changing my branding, my bio, and I changed everything to reflect travel. What I love about it, I started writing about my own neighborhood, about New York City. I started uh, pitching to publications. So I grow for the New York Daily News uh, uh, article about Queens. Uh, during the U.S. Open, that opened to me a lot of opportunities. I started writing for different magazines. I also started doing videos for another magazine. And this is how pretty much going to events, to uh, uh, conferences, learning the inside out of the industry, uh, reading a lot online. There's a lot of information online people don't read, making connections, and definitely about marketing. You don't need only to write an article, but you need to market what you write or what you do because if you don't do marketing, marketing is always like I would say 70% of everything. You need quality content, but you need marketing. Without marketing, nobody will know about it. All of what you're saying, I'm like, oh my God, that's it's pivotal to make sure that you have like everything lined up to be able to be successful. So tell us, tell us about... Um, I guess one of the first trips you had as a travel blogger and tell us about some of the locations and destinations you've been to recently. Wow. One of the first trips I had as a travel blogger. I had so many. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually one that probably at the beginning too, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but two that changed in my life, I would say was uh, I was invited to cover the uh, Harbor Hotel in, in Riviera Maya in Mexico at the beginning. And it was connected to a celebrity. It was uh, the opening of the Rockstar Suite of uh, Brent Michaels from okay. Poison. And he's a celebrity rock star, so he's in TV and everywhere, very famous worldwide. And one of the things that was wonderful is that his management loved so much the article that I grew about the opening of the suite that they ended up sharing it on Twitter, on Facebook. And because of this... Uh, it opens so many other opportunities for more people to invite me. So I feel sometimes you just need to do a great work once and, and, and you know, show that what you can do and over-deliver, and then you get other opportunities from it. That's true. Dude. So I know we'll talk a little bit about travel blogging. We'll get into all the juicy stuff of actually traveling, but do, do a lot of people who maybe want to pursue travel blogging is there like a monetization that you have to wait for or is it something you see right away? Or it's, I feel like it's a lot of work in the beginning, right? Definitely a lot of work, lots of work. I'm not going to lie about that. You have to definitely uh, be very focused, plan a lot and have a strategy definitely with your content. Um, uh, I don't think it's something that you make money right away. You can, but you have to definitely know exactly what you're doing. But it takes time. And I think nobody does, does start with that in their mind only. Uh, but I would say, yes, there are a lot of ways to make money through affiliate marketing, uh, sponsored content. You do a brand ambassador with brands because once you start, if you have a specific niche, which is what I recommend, uh, 
uh, brands start noticing you and also you can pitch to brands. It doesn't matter really how many followers at the beginning you have. Many times is you provide very amazing niche oriented content. They want to work with you and they give you opportunities. So I think uh, you can monetize from the beginning, but of course, for mostly takes time. It takes time to build. Tell us again, what is your, you say you went to Mexico. And so what has been your favorite trip or favorite country so far? Because I feel like you've gone to different parts of the world. Uh, I know you recently, you said you were in Southeast Asia and you mentioned to me, you really love the area. So was that your favorite place or tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I am in Southeast Asia right now. I'm in Malaysia at the time and I travel it around. So I was, of course, in Thailand for one month, Vietnam for one month. I was in Cambodia. I was in um, Myanmar. I was in Singapore. So I kind of been moving around, but mostly I've been based in Malaysia, which I totally love this country. Um, it is, uh, I mean, the people are so friendly, so amazing. The food is so good. Uh, it's, I definitely, I think it's one of my favorite food in here in uh, Southeast Asia, especially in Penang. They have one of the best, best, best food in, in, in Southeast Asia. Um, and I definitely love Myanmar. Myanmar, like, stole my, my, my heart, my soul. They are, um, I don't know, they're the most, the, I don't know, they, the most authentic and kind people that you ever meet. Uh, Myanmar was formerly known as Burma. And in the past, uh, they just opened to tourism in 2012. So I feel uh, the people still like, like, like back on the days, like, like so authentic, like so welcoming. They smile at you everywhere. Uh, I think Myanmar experience is all about the people. It's, it's definitely a, a destination that I recommend for people to go and see. Nice. I, I really want to go check it out. The only place I've been to Southeast Asia was uh, Thailand. And my favorite thing was also the food. What's your favorite dish from since you've been there? Malaysia. Wow. I love so many dishes right now. <laughs> um, I would say, I definitely know the nasi kandar, which is this chicken that they make with curry and they put rice next to it. And it's, I don't know, it's just the flavor. It's so flavorful. I also love a lot their, uh, they make this uh, toast with kaya butter, which is like a coconut uh, border that they make that is so so good i love the oh my god so many things from the uh charcutois it's like uh noodles with like uh prance and it's like fried noodles and i don't know it's just uh it's just so good everything they make because they have the influence from malay uh chinese and Indian. So those oh, yeah. three influences come together and that's their food, you know? So I think for me, it's such a rich uh, culture and the food is just delicious. You have to just come yeah, and try no, it. definitely. I'm going to take you up one day and meet you wherever you are. <laughs> um, are. Do you feel like Southeast Asia or any country, well, let's talk about that area since you're there now. Are they really welcoming to Latinos? Or, you know, people of color? Well, actually, was, I found very interesting that everywhere where I was in Myanmar, everyone had the ringtones with Latin music and they were playing Latin music everywhere, especially Puerto Rican music. So I was cracking up because I just celebrated in Myanmar New Year 
and they do a water festival for four days where people uh, pretty much throw water at you with, uh, uh, with water uh, uh, toy guns and with uh, cues, with everything they find. It, I was, I had the, a blast. It was one of the most authentic, amazing experience. I laughed so hard. And they everywhere had the song Dura, Dura, Daddy Yankee, or they yeah. have the or they have everything. So I, I ended up thinking, wow, the Latin music is the official music of Myanmar. They had wow. it in every corner. I love and they that. Don't know about you because they were curious. They don't know. Sometimes you are the first Latino they ever sing. So I feel proud because I'm representing my people, my culture. And I carry with me a map inside because many of them don't know where Puerto Rico is. And I will be, listen, this is Puerto Rico right here. My father's oh, from wow. Cuba. This is, you know, what we eat. This is where we're from. And they love it. You know, it's, it's uh, a quite interesting experience. You know, you're introducing them to your culture many times. I really, really love that because I feel like, you know, you're opposite sides of the world. So sometimes you don't even realize where things are uh, relative to like geographically and just kind of what the cultures and everything brings to the table. Um, something I always wonder all the time, uh, especially, you know, being Latina is, you know, I'm always thinking to myself, like, what are safe places to travel as a Latino? Or like, if there's any particular countries that you would recommend if somebody's like first starting out to travel where they'll feel safe, especially for women? And I know that you support a lot of, you know, Latinas who travel. So what would you recommend to someone who's, you know, just starting off in their travels? Well, I guess this is your first time traveling. I, I understand it's a little bit sometimes more intimidating. So sometimes something a little bit more not familiar, but at the same, uh, more, um, let's say more like Europe, I would say. I feel like Europe is a very good place to start because uh, I, would I would feel like most of the countries in Europe are quite safe. I mean, something can happen anywhere in the world because we know these, uh, especially nowadays, we all the things that have been happening. But I feel like um, if something's going to happen, it can happen to you anywhere. But I would say Europe is a very good way to start, like Austria, Switzerland, uh, Czech Republic, I feel like United Kingdom, you know, a lot of people go first to London or or they go is not to France or Italy. And also I feel like maybe a place that you are somehow connected. For example, Italy is still has is more like, you know, Latin oriented and we're kind of similar in the sense of we love food and we kind of have the same hospitality, I feel so the language. Maybe- Exactly. Maybe a place that you're more comfortable at the beginning because mm-hmm. there are places that will be more of a shock to you as you go. Like, let's say places like, I don't know, maybe Turkey or Morocco, other places, maybe they are a little bit more intimidating for some people at the beginning. Uh, or India, for example. I feel India is a magical country. It's one of my favorite countries. But India is so, um, you know, it's like very, uh, at the same time, like, like different, very different in every sense. It's very, and I think a lot of people get intimidated by going there. I traveled solo there last year for five weeks and I fell in love with the country, but maybe it's not a great country for first timers, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also recommend eventually, of course, is they can visit my favorite country, which is Turkey. Uh, Turkey for me is my sole country. Uh, and it's an amazing country that I think Latinos will love because Turkish people are like us. They're all about hospitality. They offer you everywhere Turkish tea, Turkish coffee. They're all about food, and the food, I would say, is one of the best food in the world for me. 
I I cry a lot about Turkey, and I I definitely recommend you to visit the Turkey, the architecture, the history that you find there. I mean, it's just amazing country, very welcoming country. I've never visited Turkey. It's, I'm gonna have to put it on my list. I feel like I really haven't visited too many countries in Europe. And, you know, as you know, but so the listeners know, I, I travel often actually behind my desk right now. I have a huge map and I have like a, you know, I have all these different pins that mean different things. So it's like my uh, bucket list map. And I, you know, green means places I visited. Red means places I want to visit. And Vern and I have each our own colors of places he's visited. I visited places we visited together. We even have a color for places we visited with her dog. <laughs> so that's, that's why I organize. I need to do yeah. something like that. <laughs> so, oh my god, forget it. You'd have pins all over the place. Um so this this inspires us a lot. And we have like other stuff. We have like money pinned on the map and just like really cool ideas to inspire us to continue to travel. Uh speaking of traveling, I feel like a lot of Latinos have a lot of stereotypes, and since this is stereotypico, I wanted to talk about maybe what some stereotypes that come across particularly within the Latino community, about traveling? Well, I think one of the main things is, oh, I need to win the lotto to go and visit you to Europe. <laughs> Europe I, I, you know, one of my bases is in Europe. I've been mostly between Portugal and Austria. A lot of people, I started posting the photos on the group, I started posting the photos on my page, on Instagram, my dreams in heels, and everybody was like, oh, that place is so beautiful, da 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 even my cousins, that place is so amazing, but you know what, I need to wait, uh, wait until I win the lotto to go to Europe, and I'm just like, no, you don't have to wait, I pay less <laughs> sometimes to fly from, uh, from uh, U.S. to Europe than I would pay from U.S. to Puerto Rico, I have paid more on tickets to go to Puerto Rico to visit, ba- to visit my mom. Wow. So I think people have this stereotypes about that Europe is fancy for that traveling abroad is impossible. So what is a different mindset? Like how, how do you position for them to travel more? I mean, like what are some things you can tell our listeners now that those things actually are not real? <laughs> I think it's more by showing them that it is possible and by showing them comparisons sometimes of like tickets and of how much it really costs to go to Europe is you, first of all, you research, there's a lot of deals, there's like different tools, like, uh, I don't know, like Skyscanner, for example, which I love, Skyscanner, uh, when you go to their website, mm-hmm. they have uh, anywhere to search that you can also uh, put, like, where are you living from? Like, let's say I'm living from JFK in New York City, and it gives you, like, the, the destinations that you can go from the most, from the cheapest one to the most expensive one. And many times, it's about also being open to try new destinations, to go to new places, or to be flexible with the dates too like if you are flexible with the dates you can also play around with the dates or another thing that I always uh, recommend to people maybe you should look into an airport that is not far from you for example uh, recently uh, like last year when I was in New York City I was looking for flights to New Orleans and all the flights from New York from JFK uh, LaGuardia and uh, Newark were so expensive so then I ended up like looking from Philadelphia. So I found a flight for $40 to go to to Philadelphia. Yes. You know what I did? I found a bus online. And sometimes the buses to Philadelphia are only two hours away. Yeah. The buses to 
between one and five dollars. I paid one dollar for my bus ticket to go, and I flew from Philadelphia to New Orleans for this amount. And you know, it's just crazy. So sometimes you need to also research. That's what I do all the time when I'm staying in Austria. Most of the time, I also fly from Prague because in Prague, some of the prices uh, from the airport are cheaper. Are cheaper a lot of the flights. So I go there, I take the bus because it's only like three hours from where I am, and I pay like sometimes nine, ten dollars to go there, and I take a flight for no money. And sometimes in Austria, the same flight would cost you, I don't know, three hundred euros. One in uh, in Prague might cost you forty, which is a big difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Do you have like any uh, besides Skyscanner, any other websites or apps that you really like to use when traveling, especially because I feel like, for instance, I'm um, traveling soon and I'm like, okay, I have to download the Maps.me app because in case I get lost or like any other apps like that that you really like to use. Honestly, Maps.me probably is one of my favorite that I always have with me. Because you can, of course, have the offline version. I also, of course, always have Google Translate because you have to understand that there are a lot of these countries that they don't have, they don't necessarily might speak, uh, some people might not speak English. And I have survived through Google Translate because they have an offline version where you can uh, download that language to the country you're going. Let's say you're going to Germany, so you can download German and you can uh, have it offline. And what I do is that you can uh, write, you know, whatever you want to say to the person, show it to them, and then they can write back and show it to you, the answer in your language. So I really like that. And is you going, well, depending where you're going, though, because as you're going, for example, to Southeast Asia, you should have Grab, because Grab is like the Uber of Southeast Asia. So in here, that's what you take. You take mostly Grab everywhere. You have Grab food. And as you are, of course, in other countries, they have Uber. But there are countries that don't have Uber. For example, in India, they have something called Ola Caps, which is like Uber, but it's not Uber. So it all depends also where you're going. You have sometimes specific apps, you know, that they only work in certain countries as well. But I would say Mapstamp is my favorite. And Google Translate, I use the most. And for comparing flights, I like uh, to check online for Google Flights. Uh, google.com slash flights because you can compare all the different prices throughout the month so i usually go to google flights and i look at my flights first and i compare the prices first and many times then i go and research again sky scanner researching all the places and then i go uh sometimes straight to the airline because sometimes the airline has certain tickets that they don't showcase in third-party applications so i go the airline to compare because they have cheaper tickets than the one you would buy in any other third-party applications oh wow that's amazing you know what i think is great too your community the latinas who travel i feel like every single time i have a question like about somewhere i'm gonna go like i always post it on there and the women love to share uh so i'm like i really really love you know the community and i feel like being part of a community, whatever that is for you, I think is very resourceful. Uh, so tell us more now that we're talking about Latinas who travel. Tell us more about the community you've created on there and where can people find it? Um, well, Latinas who travel for me is very special. I created it because during my extensive travels, you know, I've been to now over 50 countries and I felt like I didn't connect with as many Latina travelers. And I wanted to not only connect, but like, we, so we can share 
tips, resources, so we can maybe meet someplace in the world. Sometimes there are a lot of like Latina travelers I see in the group that they're afraid to travel solo and they want to find a travel partner or they want to meet other people that have traveled to these places. And I feel like these, uh, you get so inspired that I feel... I sometimes I get like very emotional when I see comments on the group of women that they're like, oh my God, after being in this community, I took my first trip abroad. I finally got out of my comfort zone and I did it. And I think it's important your the community that you are around because that inspires you to go to the next level. And that's what Latina will travel is it's a sisterhood. And um, we have now over 3,000 members on our Facebook community. So if they can search on Latinas who travel, Latinas que viajan on Facebook, you can find the community. It's only for women. And you need to uh, request to access the group since it's a private group. And in there, you can talk anything travel. And we also on Instagram, uh, when you hashtag Latinas who travel or Latinas que viajan, we repost uh, photos of Latinas traveling around the world on our account to inspire other Latinas as well to travel more. And speaking of that, I'm actually taking a trip to Colombia and I will be sharing on uh, Latinas Who Travel. So I, I'm really excited to be partnering with you, by the way, to do that. So stay tuned um, starting next week and you'll be able to get some insights of like different areas in Colombia. You'll be able to see Medellin. We're going to Santa Marta and Cartagena. I think what's great about the community too is that... um. You know, there's tons of events and things that you host. Like Olga and I did an event uh, in New Jersey for the community in New Jersey, New York. And I think it was great. What other cities have you had hosted events for? London, uh, Barcelona, um, Atlanta. We have a big chapter in Atlanta, New York City, of course, uh, Miami, uh, Los Angeles. Um, and we're planning to do some new ones now, expanding to Texas and to uh, of course, San Francisco as well. So, yeah, so it's usually like new chapters coming up. We have ambassadors in different uh, cities. And uh, is anyone interested also in being part of it, they can check out more information about being an ambassador, hosting a, a meetup or hosting even, uh, uh, also like taking over the Instagram from a city or a country in latinasutravel.com. On latinasutravel.com, we have a lot of information there on latinasutravel.com. Yeah, and I think it's great because I, for instance, like the event that we did together for New Jersey, I think it was great. It was a, a community of women who are all travelers. Everybody was sharing tips and it really also brought the social media. A lot of these people are friends online, so they were actually able to meet in real life. So I think that was like really fun and exciting as well. Going back to some more maybe other travel tips, is there anything else that you recommend? The miles, you know, from... The oh, yeah. And uh, airlines, I think it's very important because it's free and you can do it, or at least get one credit card that is good, like um, like it give you enough like advantage. Uh, so when you do accumulate points when you go for dinner or out or when you're traveling, some of them give you double points and uh, they have a lot of advantage when you open them. Of course, you need to like know how to manage them too. It's not like you're gonna get in debt to travel. You need to pay <laughs> them back too. Uh, very, very important, that's, right? That's but important. if you really want to travel, I mean, there's a, a, a you know, there's a will, there's a way, right? So there are many ways that you can travel, that you can save money, maybe cut back on that expensive cup of coffee in New York. <laughs> that is so true. 
And also, I think when you travel as a couple or sometimes when you travel as a group too, sometimes you could also save money in terms of, I mean, it's more than one person. And you can save money in accommodations because sometimes another thing that I had done and many people have done, when you go, let's say, to travel with a group of people, you can rent, let's say, a big villa or whatever in, let's say, Thailand or whatever place you go, and you can split the cost as well. So sometimes that's another way that if you don't enjoy traveling by yourself, maybe you can... I don't know, go with a, a group of friends. But if you also like to travel solo, there's also ways to do it. Maybe you can stay in a cheaper accommodation, like use Airbnb, like I do many times, rent an apartment or go, uh, some people like to stay in hostels. There are hostels that have private rooms too. So there's so many ways now that you can save money. You know, you don't have to necessarily stay in a five-star all the time, you know. You can, if you cannot afford it, you can stay in, you know, in other accommodations like Airbnb. Yeah, I agree. And some, and most of the time you're not even spending that much time wherever you're staying at, you're, you're, you're exploring. So that's something I always take into account too. I love personally Airbnb because um, it's just a cheaper way. It's also great because you have a, you know, most of the time you have a kitchenette so you can like save money on like buying snacks or making breakfast and that kind of stuff. And then maybe eating lunch and dinner out. So there's definitely different ways you can save money. And I think also, um, I don't, maybe you could speak a little bit more to this. And something that I do is I usually try to plan ahead of time, like six months to a year. I start thinking about what my next trip is going to be and to really start making a budget around that trip to also accommodate for whatever it is I want to see or do. Yeah, I think that's very important and about like choosing uh, what are the activities, what are, because it depends what are your interests, of course, what are you going to do on that destination. So I think it's important that you make a list of like maybe the activities that you want to do, how much they cost, about the, the things that you're planning for that destination. This way you can allocate a budget for it. Um, because, and another thing is, uh, resourceful is for a lot of people to do things like a free walking tour. Cause in almost every city they have available free walking tours where you only give a tip and maybe you cannot afford doing like other kinds of activities, then you can include some of these free walking tours in your, in your plans, you know? No, I think that's, a, I didn't even know about free walking tours now. I'm going to look into them myself. I think that's a great idea. I feel like there's websites also, like for instance, in New York, there's like, uh, I think it's nyc.go and, and they have like a free events tab section. I'm sure there's stuff like that in other cities. And also um, I feel like blog blogs like Dreams and Heels and other travel blogs also have a lot of resources. And also another thing is once you're in the destination, uh, just to give you a, a quick example, recently when I was traveling around Vietnam, I travel mostly by bus. You know, I move around by bus, which was very, very affordable. And when I was traveling to Myanmar, I did the same. And Myanmar bosses are almost like you're in an airline, you're on a flight because they're so comfortable and they give you like water and food and pillows and blankets and everything. And wow. what I did was I traveled overnight to the next destination. Then I got there and I had not only the time to explore, but I saved tons of money because the domestic flights in Myanmar, they're very expensive. They would cost you, they could cost you 150 to $200 easy while going on a bus might cost you sometimes $5, $10, $15. So I would say that's another thing to consider. You should uh, look into options maybe by traveling by bus, traveling by train. Sometimes you find better deals like this, especially in Europe. You can move very easy by bus or train too. 
Yeah, that's that's true. I've that's that's so true because um, and even if it takes like another hour or two, you know, it's it's worth the expense, you know, of being able to save money and you can put that towards a tour that you really want to do or something else. You do the overnight buses so you can sleep anyway. You're gonna be sleeping regardless, and you also saving one night of the hotel because you ah. the night and you're sleeping in the bus. Olga, you're gonna have to make a little travel book for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going, that's my, that's my next step, writing my, my, my book. Good, good, good. You should, you have so much, you have so much amazing insight. Um, so I wanted to get into some, just some like wrap up questions, uh, as we're closing out here and wanted to just ask you some more personal questions. And so we can get to know you a little bit more. So what's most important to you about being a Latina? For me, I don't know, everywhere I go, I'm just proud of being a Latina woman or where I come from and and about like all that we have to offer to the world. I feel like we're the most powerful and talented uh, woman. And in general, our culture is so rich. So I think for me, being a Latina means everything. I enjoy so much like, uh, you know, sharing with people where we come from, what we eat, our traditions. Then I think as a Latina traveler, I feel so important because I feel like I get to introduce to people to my culture and my country everywhere I go. And I think that's why more Latinas should travel so they can showcase what is being a Latina, what is your country about. And, you know, uh, you know, pretty much like represent your country around the world. I love that. That's a, that's a good way to an outlook to look at it. I think you've created such a beautiful platform and, you know, people, Latinas, I feel like, you know, rely on you to kind of help them guide them through their travels or like you said you were so excited to see women say because of this group you know i'm traveling now so that's that's really beautiful so tell us one word to describe our culture give me one word wow one word to describe our culture why why are you why are you t- <laughs> giving me such a hard question i mean <laughs> wow hmm I know, right? Because you can't just use one word. <laughs> I would come, I would, oh my God, it's so hmm, colorful. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. It's so colorful, I feel. Full of color, uniqueness, like so multicultural, so amazing. I don't know how to even, I think colorful for me because I, I, think- I love the colors of our, cult- of our countries and all that we have to offer. I, I agree. That's a really, really good word. I got to use that one next time. Who is your Latino hero or Cheryl that you admire and why? Wow. I have definitely more than one that I love. Well, actually, for me, one of the Latinas that I love right now, definitely, for me, always being definitely Sonia Sotomayor. I, I think she is, for me, a, a huge inspiration because of everything she has accomplished and how she have like... Um, pretty much like be the first and how she have carved the way for other Latinas in, in, in the whole, you know, in the whole world for me. Uh, and I think, oh my God, so many because Rita Moreno is another one for me. I love Rita Moreno and I had the opportunity to meet her in person and I almost, I almost tear off emotion because she's another person that she carved uh, her way in in the industry, and she was kind of the first female in many things, uh, the first Latina in many things. She won Oscars, uh, Emmys, I mean, you name it. And I feel like she inspired me so much. And she looks so beautiful and fabulous, still at her oh, age. 
Yes, that she, she looks like younger than, than any of us. And she's so, <laughs> so colorful, so unique, so classy, elegant. I don't know. I can't talk about her all day because for me, she's one of my Puerto Rican models. Like, yeah, she, models. she's like, beautiful. I love her. Definitely. I got to meet her too at actually the Puerto Rican Day Gala. And she does represent a big part of Latinos in media. So I think I, that's, she's on my list as well. I guess the last one is just more of a cultural question. Uh, what is your favorite type of Spanish music? Spanish music. Oh, that's easy. Salsa for sure. Salsa. Yeah, I do. I think, uh, I don't know. There's nothing that can speak more for me, Cuba and Puerto Rico, which is my, my heritage than salsa. Yeah. And salsa is beautiful. There's so many, uh, I, I don't know if you know, but I, take salsa lessons for like the past two years i haven't gone in the past six months but uh for like the past two years i've been going to salsa and it's everywhere and there's conferences everywhere there's you know italy there's a big salsa community so uh, next time i go to italy i want to actually go to the milan uh, uh salsa congress they have there but there, there's salsa everywhere you know that I was surprised because I was living in Ukraine that a lot of people sometimes don't even know much about Ukraine. And in Ukraine, everywhere there's salsa. There are salsa communities where I was living in Lviv of the border with Poland. And they do like all the time, like salsa classes. They have dance. They have all kinds of things. Also in Kiev, in the capital of Ukraine, they mm-hmm. have all kind of uh, huge community of salsa. So you'll be surprised in the countries that you will walk around and you see people dancing salsa in the middle of the street. It's amazing. That's beautiful. I want to see that. I do need to say <laughs> one more thing. Uh, Paolo Coelho, he's my biggest inspiration ever. It was The Alchemist, too. That's my favorite book. So I think everybody should read that book to me. I have that book, too. It's an amazing book. You can, t- you can take that book and use it for any part of your life. And I always dream about meeting him. That's that's my biggest inspiration. If you're listening out there, <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> I'm like, who can help me to meet Paulo Coelho? Exactly. <laughs> I swear, I dream every day of, I really want to meet him because he really changed my life. He made me get out of my comfort zone. I, when I left Puerto Rico at 18 years old, it was because I read his book and I got inspired. I, I collected all his books. I read all of them, all his uh, quotes everything um, so to all my latinas out there as you're re- listening to these or latinas please read the alchemist it would change your life forever so olga tell us how people can get in touch with you uh tell us give us all your information your social media your website and all that good stuff well for me everything and all is dreams in heels so dreams in heels.com dreams in heels on instagram facebook twitter at Pinterest, and everywhere same thing with latinas to travel if you look for latinas to travel on facebook we have the like page we have the private facebook group which is only for women we have the uh instagram twitter everywhere latinas to travel you you heard it here latinas to travel and dreams in heels is definitely a account you want to follow and be inspired she posts amazing pictures on there and like she mentioned before shares different latinos who are traveling around the world and checking off those bucket list items so we want to thank olga again for being on the show and uh tune in next week Thank you for listening to me, your weekly host, Jessica, on Stereotypico. This episode was produced by Vernon from This Is Audio. Make sure you go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Stereotypico. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Se le ganan a la vida. Bye.